You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Morning Breath. It is a beautiful Wednesday, April 28th. So glad you could take time out of your day to join us as we get into the Word of God. Morning Breath is a uh, devotion. We call it a drive-time devotion, morning and afternoon, so that you can get into the Word of God. We encourage you to read a chapter of the Bible. Uh, That's what we do at home. And then we come to the studio here at the Merritt Island Campus of East Coast Christian Center, read it on the air. I and my co-host then talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. We've got a big chapter today, Luke 7, 50 verses, and there's a lot of places we could go. So, Pastor Mark, how are you doing today? I'm well, Pastor Dan. Thanks for having me on the show. Glad to do it. Always a joy. Yeah, and we're glad to have you guys on the show. We want you to know what chapter we're going to be in. It's kind of funny. I, I sometimes I was thinking when Pastor Dan says we we read a chapter on the air, and it's like you read a chapter and I'll read a chapter, and hope yeah. we got the right yeah, one. This. No, it's, we don't we, guess. <laughs> we've got a morning breath guide, and you can get that too. Tells you what chapters we're going to be in, and where we have been, and where we're going. So get to the uh, download the East Coast app to your device, or go to our website eccc.us, and uh, you can find the uh, podcast page. And yep. you can listen to all the shows as well as see the Morning Breath Guide and know where we're headed. Uh, and there's lots of things you can do online. If you're on the East Coast website, you can see everything that's going on. Um, you can get to our weekend services uh, that we have online for our online campus. We'd we'd love to have you in the building, but if it's yeah. if you're just not close by, uh, then jump online and, and be part of the online family. And uh, for information about the church, you can always call us if you need to three two one four five two one zero six zero. And uh, we can answer questions and mail you a morning breath guide if you need us to. Absolutely. Uh, We do have one announcement that's coming up. It's a pretty big one, though. It's a really cool night. We're going to do a marriage night, and that's going to be May 7th. It begins at 6 p.m. There will be food. There will be events, activities. There will be a great speaker. Nobody's going to get beat up. Well, only people that might get beat up are those that are going to ride the mechanical bull. Or if you get in line in front of me for food. Oh, well, that's another point that I didn't (laughs) think of, but is probably true. Because Mark can eat like a machine. Mark is actually a professional eater. He's like one of those guys that wins a hot dog contest and weighs 150 pounds soaking wet. So, yeah, that's Pastor Mark. Yeah, so we're doing a marriage night, May 7th, 6 6 p.m. And uh, child care is $10 no matter whether you have one child or 10. And uh, so that would be really cheap if you had 10. That would be a dollar kid for all-night child care. You could make a bundle if you went around your neighborhood and gathered up all the kids Charge charge people and then brought them here. Charge them six bucks an hour yeah. for child care. <laughs> don't do that. We don't have enough people for that. Yeah, we don't. Okay, good call. <laughs> anyway, marriage night will be a lot of fun and a good, really, event to go to before Mother's Day, yeah. which is May 9th, just in a couple of days, sun, that sun, following Sunday. And uh, I don't know, points with mom are important. When Absolutely. Happy wife, happy life, they say. And Amen. so... Uh, when mama's happy, everybody's happy. I think those are the only two sayings I know like yeah. that, but they're both, <laughs> they're true. both true. Yeah. Anyway, so that's out there for you, and we'd love to see you at the event. Be great. You ready to get started? Yeah, we got we got a lot to do. Both reading New King James. Yep. And uh, we got 50 verses, so let's just take it through 25. Okay. Then and I'll pick it up at 26. Yeah, that'll work. All well, right. I say unto you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. Now, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this thing was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. 
And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent, returning to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. Now it happened the day after that he went into a city called Nain. Many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. When he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Arise, man, I say to you, excuse me, he said to him, said, I'll get this right. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet is risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gloriously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. Verse 26, But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard him, even the tax collectors justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. And the Lord said, To what then shall I liken the men of this generation, and what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another, saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say, He has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by all her children. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, 
brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who touches him, or who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to pay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. And you know this is this is so incredible uh, the story. I've always loved this story of this woman and going to dinner at this guy's house. And one of the things that stood out to me today that I don't know I've ever thought of before, but when you said it, when you read it, Mark kind of jumped out at me. Um, Jesus uh, says, uh, Simon, I, I have something. Verse forty, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There's almost a, it almost hit me when, when I heard it read this morning that it was a little bit flippant. Like, if Jesus was here in, in person, in the flesh, and he said, Dan, I, I want to say something to you. Go ahead. That quick response of, yeah, man, you know, ugh, it just hit me as like, uh, this is Jesus, and he's going to say something to you, and actually he's calling you out here, and I don't think you should be in a hurry to hear it, actually. <laughs> you, sh- yeah. you probably should prepare your heart. You probably should check yourself. Whenever I feel like I'm in the middle of something and the Lord speaks to me, it's like, Whoop, hold on, everything else is not important right now. What he's saying to me is important, and he's probably saying it to me because there's something I need to do different, be different, hear different, say different than I'm doing right now. So I'm just going to take a minute, take a breath, and listen to what the Lord's saying, and then maybe re-engage in my conversation with somebody or the circumstance or situation that I'm in. I don't know. I just... First time it ever hit me that way, so I thought I'd share it. I think I think that is an interesting an interesting perspective that I hadn't thought of before. Because he doesn't say, uh, you know, he says I have something to say to you, which what it's not like, you know, I have a blessing to share with you. Yeah, he's like, yeah. you know, he's like I have something to say to you, and that just has a tone of that probably is <laughs> not going to be you know something very happy. Um, and the 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 irony of this story with uh, with Ugh. the Pharisee is as Jesus explains to him what this woman is doing for him. What he's also saying is what you didn't do for me. Yeah. And and the irony of that is that this Pharisee, you know, by definition, a Pharisee was someone who was very devout in keeping rules. Yeah. 
and yeah. and in and, and honoring customs. Like that yeah. was their big thing. In fact, it would frustrate Jesus because he would say, "Look, your traditions and customs you're elevating higher than the law of God." Right. Um, but so here, all of these things that were that were traditions and customs that when someone was a guest in your home, you would you would uh, wash their feet or offer them the opportunity to wash their feet because they lived in a dusty environment. Uh, you would you would offer them the opportunity to anoint their head uh, and and just kind of clean up basically. Yeah. You would you would offer you would greet them and welcome them and in that culture with a with a kiss on the cheek. Those were all normal things, and this guy, who was a big rule keeper, did none of them. Right. And this woman came in and did them all, and she didn't have to because it wasn't her house. Yeah, and it wasn't her responsibility. She did yeah. it out of joy. Yeah. And that now she gets to be near Jesus, and she's actually placing high value on Jesus. And the Pharisee, I'm not really sure where he's at in this. Obviously not placing the value on Jesus he should or he would have taken care of his feet and his hair and given him the kiss that he deserved. But there's some other dynamics in here too, Pastor Mark, that I just think are wild. Now the Pharisee, uh, when he's looking at the woman, said, would know and uh, who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. So we get the impression that this woman is more than She's a sinner because she chews tobacco. Yeah. She's a, she's probably a sinner. No, I'm not saying you're a sinner if you chew tobacco. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to be funny. Um, she's probably a prostitute, mm. okay? Um, and so my question is, how, how did the Pharisee know all this? Because he says who and what manner. Mm. He doesn't just say, well, this gal's a sinner because she looks like one. It's like who and what manner of woman this is. He knew exactly what kind of sinner she was. Mm. How did he know that? Personal experience? Yeah. Oh, so it makes me wonder sure. right off the bat where the guy's at. And then it says, he says, I have something to say to you. And he says, say on. So he tells the story. And uh, then the the Pharisee answers, well, the one, I guess, who was forgiven month. And he doesn't say like, I'm sure. It was the one who was forgiven us. He goes, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. So mm-hmm. he's kind of, he's not, you know, he's like, this doesn't look like it's going good for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, I suppose. But then listen to this. I think it's just incredible. He says, you've rightly judged. In verse 44, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon. So he's been speaking face to face with the Simon the Pharisee. But now he turns his back on him, and he begins to talk to him, but he's facing the woman. Mm. I just think that posture change would have been really powerful. And at that point, I have this strong suspicion that Simon is burning. Now, he should have been burning with shame, but I think he was probably burning with anger because there were other people there. Mm. And now Jesus has turned his back on him, and then he starts talking about all the things he didn't do and all the things she did. And then verse 47, again, he's got his back turned to him. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. She loved much, but whom little is forgiven, the same loves much, that your sins are forgiven. And so he's basically saying, you're not. You're not forgiven. And I think he's being a little facetious when he says forgiven little loves little. Sure. Because the Pharisees' sins were just as great as the woman's. We know we don't 
Jesus doesn't measure sins like human people do. Yeah. That the sin of this or the sin of that is still a sin. It's still brokenness. And then the ones who are at the table, you know, are are viewing this. And then he says to the woman, your faith is saved. You go in peace, which is a crazy statement uh, in that now he's taking it up to, you know, salvation and forgiveness and all of that stuff. But just his posture while he does this and how did it, how did Simon feel looking at Jesus back and hearing those words come out of him, looking, Jesus looking at the woman, Simon looking at the woman? in the back of Jesus. I don't know. It's just such a powerful uh, picture of how Jesus was, I think, in many ways doing everything he could to reach Simon, to break through his maybe Phariseeism, his legalism, to get him to see a simple truth of love and forgiveness and grace. And if Simon would have joined this woman at Jesus' feet, You'd be reading about Simon all through the rest of the New yeah. Testament. Yeah, and I think that well, I think part of that too, Pastor Dan, is even when you look at the uh, the parable that Jesus told here, um, both of the people in this story had a debt. Yeah, yeah, right. There's one that had a greater debt, you know, uh, than quote unquote than the other yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, But both of them had a debt. And Simon, I believe, was under the impression that he doesn't have a debt. Yeah, exactly. But that wasn't a choice. There wasn't the story was not about a guy who had a debt and a guy who didn't. That's right. The story was about two people who had a debt. And I don't know if Simon if it dawned on him that he's one of those. Yeah, like he's got a debt no matter how perfect he thinks he's lived. And you wonder because he says, I suppose the one. Yeah. He like doesn't he, like, say, I'm I'm yeah. I'm unfamiliar with yes. what it feels like to be a person in debt. So I yeah. guess this is the answer. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really well put, Pastor Mark. Really well put. Because that's the way I get the impression he's saying it. He's not saying like, well, absolutely, the one who was forgiven more. That I mean, you and I would say, wow, you know, if you've got somebody that's on the very edge of society, you know, naked, demon-possessed, like chapter 8 talks about, and they get restored and made whole, would they be kind of fired up? Yeah. Well, probably. And someone who lied once back in 1952 got forgiven, would they be fired up? Well, yeah. You know, big yeah. <laughs> difference in maybe where they're coming from, though we know that the sins uh, that look little, like this, this, this Pharisee was in as much gross sin as the woman was in gross sin yeah. in his life, and he just didn't see it's it. It's the deception of not yeah. understanding it. You know, yeah. I, I, it makes me think as you're saying that, I think back to, for example, like Romans chapter 1. Everybody likes to go to Romans chapter 1 and point <laughs> out point out some of the stuff. Um, you know, look at these things on look the list. Look how bad gay people are, but or whatever. Right below that, <laughs> it's right. right below that. It equates that with people who lie to their parents. Yep. <laughs> people who lose their temper. Yep. And we we skip that part. Oh, absolutely, because it applies to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all the same stuff. And you're talking yeah. about you know you're talking about different yeah. levels Come of on. things, and it's living in the deception that because I don't do that, I'm not that bad when the, the list, if you really want to go, that's the, and that's the purpose of, of, of the new covenant. If you want to go by rules, there's lots of them in here. Oh yeah. If you want to build your life on following commandments and, and living under a covenant that demands your perfect performance, go for it. But there's a new— be like the rest of humanity yeah. that fails at it, but <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Yeah. We, and, I mean, even Peter, Peter said in, the, in Acts, when, when, the, when, the, when the Pharisees and, and everybody, they were trying to say, look, you can be a Christian, but you still got to follow the law of Moses or you're not saved. 
And Peter said, why would we put this burden that neither we, we nor, nor our fathers, fathers were able to <laughs> bear? Right. Why would we add that to them? No uh, one can get this right. So, man, why, why begin to measure yourselves and compare yourselves among ourselves? Because when we do that, we're not wise. Don't go by rules, man. Go by grace. I love, I'm going to flip back to the beginning of the chapter, Pastor Dan, unless you want to go any further on that. No, I, uh, yeah, let's, I'll go anywhere. I love Uh, it. The whole chapter is good. Well, just (laughs) the the idea of grace, when we look at this beginning story, there's, there's a lot of dynamics that I've heard taught on in this, uh, with the centurion and, uh, and his servant being healed. But one of the things that I like to point out about this is that this man was a Gentile. Oh yeah. Yep. I wrote it down in red next to, next to one of the verses here. I went, Gentile, Gentile. Super important. And why is that important? Because many of the people, including Simon the Pharisee, who ran into Jesus, and for them it was running into a wall, because they were going by the rules, they were going by the the religious uh, regulations of what it meant to relate to God and to try to receive from his kingdom. And that's what they were stuck on. And so if you're trying to come to Jesus with rules in your performance, you're not going to get anywhere. And that's why he would say, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. But this man was a Gentile. He didn't have any concept of relating to God based on laws. He saw Jesus for who he was. He saw how Jesus functioned and operated. He recognized him for who he was, and that created faith in him. And that's what the New Covenant calls us to do. It calls us not to come to Jesus with rules and regulations to prove, hey, I deserve this. We come to Jesus and we go, you're amazing, you can do it all, I believe. And that's what changes things, and that's what this man was able to experience because he didn't have that religious background. Yeah, and I think that that's why you see all the way through the New Testament, Jesus, uh, you know, in so many situations where he's not with the the religious, let's say. He even goes so far as to say, and um, and I don't think he said this because he didn't think the religious weren't sick, but he says, who's in great need of a physician, the sick or the well? And they said, well, of course, the sick. He says, well, that's why I'm going to people who are sick. But I think part of what he's saying there, and just like he, he was saying to Simon here is, look, You've got to see how broken you are. Um, you got to see on the religious people how broken they were. But what's cool is the unreligious, it was easy for them to immediately connect with Jesus. Yeah. They didn't have this, this huge wall of self-accomplishment build up. And, you know, one of the problems, Pastor Mark, that people, we use it when we're Looking at it from a, you know, like, well, I'm not that bad. I think you use that phrase. I'm not that bad. That's used both ways. That's used on, like, somebody who's trying to establish their own righteousness. Like, I'm okay. But it's also used by, I know it was used by me before I came to know the Lord in this way. I would go, well, I'm I'm not as bad as Hitler. I'm not as bad as this bad person. So I must still be okay. And I think that's one of the deceptions that we that we get attacked with. Hey, we're going to need to take a break. We're going to be back in just a minute. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. 
We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Mark your calendars for Overlook Ministries' first concert fundraiser on April 30th. The event starts at 6 p.m. with food trucks, tours of their residential treatment house, and a concert that starts at 7, led by East Coast Christian Center's worship pastor, Chris Johnson. Come be a part of saving men's lives and restoring families. Mothers want their sons back, wives are missing their husbands, and children want their daddies home. Find more information and location of the event through Facebook by searching Overlook Ministries or you can go to www.overlookministries.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29 seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. You know, this Gentile centurion who sends the Jewish leaders and then sends some of his servants to say, you don't need to come into my house, I'm not worthy. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing story because he gives a story about being under authority and go and come and do and he said, so just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And then Jesus said, after he tells a story about authority, Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith 
No, not even in Israel. And I think it's very important that you recognize that Jesus called someone who understood authority someone of faith. Hmm. See, faith is not this mystical thing you can't get your mind or heart around. It is actually taking God at his word. It's just like in chapter 8, he says, let's go to the other side. And halfway there, there's a big storm. And they wake up Jesus and say, don't you care that we're dying? And Jesus said, where's your faith? Why would he say that? He said, I believe because Jesus spoke, let's go to the other side. And when Jesus says, let's go to the other side, there's enough power in his word to get you there. Amen. I don't believe that Jesus would ever say something to you that he wouldn't give you the power to do it because it's just not fair. Yeah. You know, okay, do this, but I'm not going to help you. Well, that's, you know, you're right. I'm not going to make it. I'll fail every time. I believe that God's word has the power in it to accomplish what it says. Amen. And this is where the centurion understood. If he says it, I get it. Amen. Because he is God and it is his word. It'll have to happen. Yeah. And so that's faith. And so authority and faith really go together. Amen. We're going to have to get. See you, Pastor Mark. See you guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.